I am Kevin. I am Giovanna. I am adventurous. I am dreamer. I am creative. I am wine. I am dance. I am entrepreneur. I am musician. I am privileged. I am activist. I I am am podcast. Learning. Growing. Inspiring. Fundraiser. And so we at our board meetings, we're going, you know, what, you know, what, what's the next step? Mm. So I thought, I said, look, you know, you know, we're always asking for money as all nonprofits are do. You know, they ask for money. I said, we need to give people something back. So that's when I thought of the idea of doing a podcast to stay relevant with our supporters to entertain them. And so Sonic Tonic became this whole platform where I focused on composers, composers in jazz and blues, and wanted to hear their stories and play their music. And so on average, the podcast run about 40 minutes and, uh, yeah, everybody. Listen yes. to Sonic Tom. Check them out. Yeah. So much good information. That's the other thing that I learned from you. You're such a great gatherer of history and information. It's it's not, you know, again, getting back to the why when you would talk about the guitar and, and you would talk about the history and about how this came about. You do the same thing on these interviews. You guys do a really good job of just getting into the notes and bolts. And I've learned so much just listening to, you know, outside of the music, just listening about history and about. Yeah. I mean, know. you know, I mean, Kevin, don't you think life is about stories. I mean, that's why we're, yeah. the four of us are sitting here right now. Yes, it's exactly. It's stories. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, and to me, that's yeah, that's that's the beauty of life. It's not about our differences. It's where how can we find common ground? And that does get me down about today's atmosphere politically and and socially and on a business level. People live in little bu- bubbles. Mm-hmm. You know, they they can't get away from their iPhones. They can't get away from their home entertainment centers. Mm-hmm. They can't get away from their bubble. Yeah. And and in doing so, what do you learn? You go to YouTube University to learn. I won't yeah. say what I'm going to say. You know, there people don't. There people don't talk back. <laughs> you just <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Exactly. So, so you never have to really be confronted with yourself. Oh. And that's the only way you're going to learn as a human being. You confront yourself by being open to what others have to say and think. Oh, and that brings me to another piece. So I I took a bit of Greg Perret as well for our podcast (laughs) at the very end. Now we ask, uh, you know, everyone that we interview, if there's a piece of music or something that's special to them that we'd like to play. And I really love that about your podcast, that you would grab something of theirs that you enjoyed or have them, you know, Sure. You have a piece of play. I mean, I, I felt like that was really special. So we we added that just to let you know. We took a bit of Greg Parade. <laughs> we took a bit of Sonic time. <laughs> we took a we sip got some of Sonic, the Sonic time. time. <laughs> All right. I love that idea. I love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. You'll hear from my attorney tomorrow. <laughs> Speaking of attorneys, uh, just the legal side of, you know, like I, I think somebody once said, or might have been you actually the only problem with the music business is the word business as a musician and really loving music i mean and obviously your your resume speaks leaps and bounds was there a moment in which you really hit that wall or had to learn about the music business where it sort of maybe disenchanted you from the music world well there have certainly been times where i really hate the music business mm. And for the reasons that it just, it has nothing to do with music. It's about fashion and selling fashion. So it isn't about enriching someone's life. It's about enriching 
the business's pocketbook. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the nature of any business is to make money. Mm -hmm. I get that part. I'm not against I'm not against free enterprise. I'm not against business, but I'm against some of the practices that deal with creative people. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, and so that's all. That's all. You know, and I remember when um, the industry became more technical and a lot of people say, well, you know, technology ruined the music business. No, it didn't. It, it, it still is this thing of how do you make money? And it just makes sense. As technology improved, the need to have a to have a, a competent musician on a session where you're paying them double and triple scale, where you can process something and just deal with an engineer or a technical person, the cost difference is like that. Mm -hmm. So sessions were starting to cost a lot of money. And a lot of it was wasted money, but a lot of musicians were just charging just exorbitant fees because they knew they had the industry over a barrel. So the industry said, to hell with this, you know, we'll figure out something else. So, like I said, as technology improved, there became a less dependence on human interaction. And again, humans are messy, but it's that messiness that makes the art grow. Oh. You know, when you're dependent on machines, then everything is going to sound the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, give me home cooking. I, I don't want processed food. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can get that. I can get that processed food in New York or San Francisco or in Pocatello, Idaho. <laughs> I can get that same can of beans anywhere. Yeah. But if somebody in my hometown is cooking it from scratch, that's what I want. I want the real deal. Mm. I don't want to hear something processed. And we, all of us in this room know that 99% of what we hear is processed music. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's really it's just, amazing. Woo! And especially since now the, the you know everybody's listening on their phones, which is uh, you know we were just getting ready for a game that we're going to play in a little while, and we were we were picking some songs, and and we loved this one tune, but all you could hear was the compression, and you couldn't hear the bass and the the, the real feel, and it's just so frustrating because so much of the generations today don't even understand the difference between the quality of what they're hearing out of their phones as opposed to even just a live setting. Again, I think the. The de-emphasis of human beings getting together in smaller venues. Okay, if we're talking about music, I'm at a point in my life, I want to do music in small venues, live music in small venues. That's what I want to play. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see big productions. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't need to see The Lion King over and over and over again <laughs> with fireworks and, you know, dancers, you know, and production. And, the, you know, I don't need that. Mm. I'm, I'm done. It's yeah. like I stopped reading comic books when I was 10, you know, and it's yeah. not that it's bad or, or, but if that's being passed off as art, uh -uh, I'm not in. Yeah. I, yeah. My dad always said there's a time in life for everything. So absolutely. I can definitely agree. I'm, I'm appreciating those smaller, smaller, intimate venues so much more now. Mm -hmm. And especially now that we haven't had anything, I know that people are craving their, yeah. the, 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 just that connection. You know, I got a chance to finally play a little live gig and my gosh, I didn't realize how much I missed that interaction between the audience and the performer. You know, we feed off of each other and the energy that's in the room. It's, yeah. it's really. Well, that, yes. That's where the art occurs. I mean, the simple truth is this, we're as a business, we're dealing with two businesses. There's the recording arts, and, and you guys have heard me talk about this all the time. There's recording arts and there's the performing arts. And they, they're two very different businesses. Mm -hmm. The recording arts to me is like the literary arts, where if you're writing a novel or writing a play and you don't like this chapter, you go, okay, I'll erase that and I'll redo it. I'll get up in the morning when my brain is fresh and I'll rewrite it. Well, when you're a performing artist, you don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you can't go on a stage and say, you know, I'm not feeling it. Come back tomorrow and then I'll, I'll perform. <laughs> you know, the performing arts are in the moment. But, but we experience so much music as a recording. We forget there's another whole aspect to it of music, which, which is called the performing arts. Hmm. And for my money, music is still the perf- uh, performing art. It's not a literary art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why, to me, hip-hop, it is a literary art. It is poetry. And it is something that's done in the studio. It is something where you put the beats together, and it's like writing a book. So I, I respect it for that. But it's music... It's not music to me, mm-hmm. not in the least. Get these deep nuggets right. with Greg Correa, I'm telling you. <laughs> and speaking of uh, recording artists and artists that you've worked with and going back to like foundation and, and you being a big proponent of uh, learning how to write music and read music, is there any big artist that you worked with that didn't know oh, how to froze. write or read music that impressed you and really stood the test of time? Because I know you said that most that don't know music don't, don't really let. stand the test of time. Well, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. I mean, you know, we're talking about a very, not only a great talent, mm-hmm. but a very intelligent talent mm-hmm. when it comes to creating music. Mm-hmm. You know, as time went on, you know, you would hear all these singers. They would imitate Stevie's singing. He influenced a lot of singers. Oh. But what they didn't imitate was that fertilizer called harmony that he put under those melodies. Like, yeah. Isn't She Lovely is one of the most simple songs on the planet. And Kevin, you... you I've been yep. drilling this one into you forever. Yep. We've been going over it. If you it. look at the melody, the melody never goes out of the key. It's it's in the key of F. Well, I, I play it in the key of F. And it's always an F scale. But the chords underneath it are in and out of the key. And he brilliantly puts it together. Mm. So when you put those two elements together, you sing the melody and the melody is like happening. Mm. But when you really analyze the music, you realize that this is very intelligent music. And therefore, it's going to be around a very long time. They'll be playing Isn't She Lovely in the next century. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be hearing some dumb melody with some dumb harmony, with some (laughs) dumb drum beat in the next (laughs) century. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't stand Uh, the test of time. (laughs) And I'll just make my point. You can still hear Bach. You can still hear Beethoven. Mm -hmm. And jazz musicians are are in the same world now. Jazz is classical music. Mm -hmm. So that music will be around forever because it's beautifully constructed. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful art form. Yeah, timeless. It's timeless. It's timeless. But but that comes from really knowing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you buy into fashion, fashion is fleeting. What's fashionable today isn't fashionable tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, at the age I'm at right now, I've been through about six six different reincarnations of the music business and what's hip and what's not hip. (laughs) (laughs) But because I understand music, I've been able to survive every incarnation. Yes, yes. Mm. Such a testament. Yeah, it's so true. No one can take away your knowledge. If you know what you know, you know what you know. Yeah. And no one can take that away from you. It's beautiful. So do you remember exactly when the bug started that you you really wanted to just compose? Is it you said that it was obvious from from getting all this information, working with all of these different artists, but that at what point did you or it sounds like even when you were young with your sister composing, was it just always a part yeah. of the picture or was it and it's the latter. I, it was always part of the picture. When I was fifteen, the first thing I did on the guitar was make stuff up. So that told me right then and there, that was my first love. Mm-hmm. In other words, I, I, I wasn't saying, oh, God, I got to sound like uh, uh, Kenny Burrell or I've got to sound like uh, Barney Kessel, because those were the guitarists around at that time. I didn't go into it 
saying, I need to sound like this person. I went into it like, oh, this inspires me. I want to write something that's like that. Mm. So to answer your question, it was there from the very beginning. But, you know, it was my sister, you know, when, when I got into studio work, and here I'm making a lot of money and I'm working with all these artists. She's, she said to me, she said, Greg, okay, you're doing well as a studio musician, but you're also an artist. Mm. And she said, remember, either you're going to deal with your art or your art's going to deal with you. You! <laughs> put that quote in the stamp it and put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> it's so true. Yes. It is so true. It'll and come back what, to haunt you if you don't get it out. It will come back to haunt you if, you if you don't get it out. That's true of so many things and of so many people and not just in music where they haven't been true to their authentic selves mm-hmm. in terms of what really resonates with them. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she could see, she says, you know, she says, as a studio musician, you're like a chameleon. You just go into every situation, understand the situation and contribute. And you get your paycheck. But then where have you, where's your voice? Mm-hmm. Wow. You're providing a voice for everybody else. You're not providing a, your own voice. Wow. So for my kids, that's what I, I did. I said, look, find your own voice. Did you ever have a moment where your own voice, uh, where you... Um were intimidated or fearful that your own voice was not enough or that it wasn't worthy? Oh, wow. That's a great question. And and the answer is, the short answer is yes, absolutely. I, I think anyone who is creative goes through those doubts. It's like, a, it's not good enough. I'm not good enough. Who do I think I am that I could be, you know, compete with these other people? And when I became a studio musician, you know, here, I, I started the guitar at age 15. You know, when I did studio work, I was around people who came out of the womb playing their instruments, <laughs> you know, and who were like second and third generation musicians who if a if a fly flew on the paper, they could read it, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the intimidation factor when I first got into it was huge. And so, yes, that tra- that transferred over to my creative self and saying, who the hell do I think I am that I can be a composer? Mm. It took me a long time to even come to the place where I could say that I'm an artist. Wow. But at 75, I could I think it's okay. I can say that. I'm <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so many other things. Yes. Yeah. So now what is what is on the horizon for Greg Poray? What can we ex- what, what what can we expect? I mean Well, well for, for me right now, it's really composing, getting my compositions out there. So whether it goes to young guitarists, young classical guitarists who are starting their careers, because I sure as hell am not gonna get out there and start touring at seventy-five. No way. <laughs> <laughs> but I've written a lot of music, and so I would like to get that into the educational system or to other musicians. So that's number one. And I've got a nice home setup where I can record all my stuff here. And then also getting my sister's art out there to exhibit it. Yeah. Right. So in terms of a creative goals. Those are the two main ones. I love Amazing. it. I love it. And I, and, guess, well, I just got to say, 75, I need a sip of that sonic tonic. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Um, <laughs> and I know it, it's it's you doing what you love to do, and that keeps yes. us young as artists. So, And again, I'm lucky. I, I come from a good gene pool. My dad lived to be 95, and he didn't slow down at all until he hit about 93. So, wow. Um, wow. So he was very much, he was a person who was very curious about life and very interested in learning. And I think that kept him young. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like as a musician, I learn something new every day. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't play something and I go, 
Oh, you know, I never did that before. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Let me try that. I love it. Mm. Where I hit those wrong notes and I go, yeah, that sounds pretty damn good. Let me, let me make something out of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have such patience, too. I remember the first time I started doing scales and I would kind of miss a few things. And you say, well, you know, you made a few embellishments there. But, you know, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> you need to go practice. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Look. <laughs> There's no getting around it. We all know it. It's like practice, practice, practice. It's a daily thing. So I, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do are scales. Yeah. I just sit there, boring, just scales to keep those fingers loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to really, it's funny, I was just yesterday, I was telling Kevin, I really need to, you know, pick up my regimen again of, of getting in there every day and just, just going through the scales, you know, just, and I, yeah. and I tend to choose a scale a day, like a key a day and I'll go sure. through the major, the minor, I'll do, you know, all of my arpeggios and then I'll try to do like this whole practice I have of, you know, doing the sevenths. And it's amazing just when you get to just spend a little time focusing on those very just basic fundamentals, it opens the world to doing anything that you want to do or anything that anybody throws at you because you're understanding the map of your instrument. And so, exactly. and it's amazing how quickly you can forget that. You know, I, I, I used to be able to sit down and bust out almost, you know, a good majority of movements from any box suite. And yesterday I literally had to pull up a, a recording and because I didn't have the, the music in front of me and I was shocked at how much I had you know, forgotten. But I think that's also partially part of the of the line of work that we do that you end up playing so much sort of mundane music. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's not demanding. <laughs> you have to remember, yeah. To keep wow. Yourself. Is that Bach there? Sonata. Oh, look Number at that. Number one. Number three. three. I love C it. For guitar. Yeah. And mm-hmm. It's a transcription that this is my yoga piece. Uh, that's what I said yesterday. I said Your scales thing. are like yoga for for musicians. My yoga <laughs> piece. It's so true. It's like yoga for your fingers because you just Oh yeah. Yeah. You got to keep my them brain. Strong. Oh yeah. Yes. Because mm. that guy that that music, that particular sonata, I came across through Bill Hughes. Oh. Bill he, Bill Hughes a he was my teacher and a contractor for the people out there. He said, Greg, I have this box sonata transcription that Lorindo Almeida did, and I think you should look at it. It's pretty amazing. And so I remember when I first looked at it, I said, God, there's no way I can play this thing. And then, you know, about four or five years ago, I pulled it out again and I said, you know, I'm going to tackle this. And I realized that it got my brain and my hands moving in directions they had never done before. Mm. And then I found that everything else I played was a whole lot easier. Mm. So true. So that's, that's my yoga piece. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, man. Bach was surely a jazzer. I mean, the, some of the stuff that you just, it's incredible. It's just really incredible to sit down. Yeah, because play. he was always playing those wrong notes. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yesterday when I was trying to play back, I would find myself... I, I would be in one in in one movement or in one piece of the of the movement, and I would end up in a completely other movement because you know because I just couldn't remember. But there's so many. It's like you know the train tracks that divide. Like you could go this way or that way, and it all sure. works until you realize you went off on the wrong train track. Sure. <laughs> trying to wrong trying to get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was it's it's really it really is yoga for the brain and for the for the fingers. It's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. you know when. So, you know, music is part of the popular culture, and it, but it is sad to me that what people consume is junk food. Yeah. And that's with, the, that's with the food industry. What saddens me is that it's passed off as the real deal. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But 
we need to teach our children there's a real, real deal out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, and it ain't on YouTube. It, it ain't, it's not on Google. I mean, there are great ways to get information, and there are very expedient ways to get information. Mm-hmm. But unless you really delve down as to the whys and apply them to your humanity, you're going to be lost. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed, is there any particular thread for some of the kids that are coming up that end up doing do they end up asking those questions and they end up gravitating towards the real music i know you talked about zane was it zane zane Musa, yeah oh yeah and you've talked about him many a times and you know there are some young kids that end up gravitating towards the real stuff and becoming great musicians do oh, you know jacob what it, collier yeah oh, oh my god Geo loves he's I mean, the he's one like a genius yeah. It, you know, have you noticed any common thread or do you know what it may be that ends up in some of these kids or something that sticks in them? I know the learning thing for sure. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, it's curiosity. Like Jacob Collier, you can see that he lives for this. It's not an option. He He's going to figure out, he's going to delve into it and delve into it and delve into it. You know, he's just that kind of guy. He may even give up music when he hits 30 and become a nuclear scientist. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> He has a kind of brain. He really does. The people, the common thread for me still is curiosity and a love of life and a love of learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I just have no real love for people who are proud of being stupid. Mm. Yeah. I just don't. And people who don't who say, I have it all figured out. This is this is who I am and I'm not gonna change. I'm not gonna listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. But you're not you're not gonna grow. Yes. Yes. You're just not gonna grow. So, you know, that other people have other opinions or that you, you're open to have input doesn't mean that you're sacrificing yourself, mm-hmm. which is a lot of the mentality right now that people feel as though they're going to lose everything if they listen to the other side. Mm-hmm. No, you can still be yourself and listen to the other side. Right. Wow. That's yeah. what I love about a great orchestra. You've got all of these people in an orchestra making one piece of music work. You have all these personalities. I feel like if um, our government was run like a great orchestra, it would be a much better place to live in. Yeah. Uh The harmony. Yeah. Yeah. That's so much about life. Mm -hmm. I remember you told me that one time. You said, you know, I think you said it was kind of like people. We were talking about the notes and dissonance and how, you know, if you have two notes that are very close to one another, the closer they are, obviously, like the, the more distance there is it's like two people there's two people that just just don't get along it's very distant when they're close together but you said not that you just get them away from one another but what happens if you just separate them a little bit mm-hmm. yeah you know and, or, it, and here's another way to look at that so let's put it to, in numbers let's take the number five and let's take the number four okay they really don't mesh right right Five and four. So if a frequency is going at five and the frequency is going at four, they're going to clash. Uh-huh. But guess what? They're going to come together at 20. Mm. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Mm. They it. are going to come together. They're going to come together at 20 and any multiple of five and four. There you go. Yeah. There you Proper knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Proper placement. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's but, all of this thought can be applied across the board to so many, so many things. Yeah. Well, music is. I, this is again my love of real music and the real study of music and how sound influences us oh, and the friends. art of it. the art of it, not the business of it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I and I like love that you, you you love to still learn. That's just so important in, yes. in not again, I, thinking I think you know everything, vital. putting that ego aside. 
just as you were talking about. Well, ego several is a boyfriends good thing. like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, ego, having ego is a good thing. You know, you got to go into life thinking that you're all that in a bag of chips. You know, you got to come, you know, you have to have some kind of sense of style. But to to impose it on other people, I think that's what's wrong. Mm. Or to put it out there as if I've got it and you don't, mm-hmm. that's what's wrong. But Knowing to, when to put it aside. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You were you were talking about just symphonic playing and I was going to say any kind of ensemble playing. I think the key to the success of ensemble playing is not your playing is the actually listening to understand how you fit within that ensemble. If you know everything else that's going on around you, then you know where you you know where you can insert your part and it works you know but so many well people, said i mean that's a life lesson yeah Woo. that's Amen. true we're talking music and life that's right, that's right. <laughs> music and life um well before we let you go we like to play some games erica i'll let you explain the first one okay so our first one is just like beat shazam which i'm sure you've um heard of that show so we're testing your musical knowledge and we have three categories folk pop and R&B and we're going to play a little snippet of the music and see if you can guess the artist and the song. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. We'll start with what do we we'll start with folk? Let's start with folk. Yeah. All right, we'll start with folk. Here we go. I'm sure my volume is turned up all the way. <laughs> That that sounds like Woody something. That sounds really old, like a Woody Guthrie recording or somebody of that ilk. Let's do a little more. Recognize that voice? (laughs) No, I don't. It it could be Marianne Faithful or somebody like that. Let me fast forward a little. See if I can get. Calves are easily bound. Oh, that sounds like Joan Baez. Yeah. Uh, Very young Joan Baez. <laughs> yes. Do you know the name of the song by any chance? Um. Oh, it was. Here, we'll give you a little more. Slaughtered, oh. never knowing the reason why, but Oh, I can't remember the name of the song, and I know it was it was a pretty long title, something like Roses and something or something. This one is Donna Donna. Oh, Donna Donna. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Where do we go next? We go. Let's go R and B. R and B. Yeah. All right. Oh, I said I was gonna hold on. I got to get to this one. <laughs> hold on. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Sounds like the brothers Johnson or Quincy uh, Jones. No. So, so close. <laughs> Let's see if we can go. Um, <laughs> fifth Dimension? Mm. Nope. Like that. Should we tell them? Let's yeah, tell me. Oh. <laughs> That's the name of the song. Oh, Smokey. 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 <laughs> Do you know what song that is? No, no, no. Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm. The we quiet played it. Storm. <laughs> we played I know, it I played the, the, I played I the lyrics. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I know, I got to write it. Isn't that, that's the, um, 
Isn't that the album cover where Smokey was appearing with a horse? <laughs> I think I remember that. I don't album. know. On this one, it's a really young version of him. Sometimes they don't put all the in same a red. Yeah, sometimes there. they don't have the They're same cover. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is. You know what? Maybe this is actually the best. I pulled it from the best of Smokey yeah, Robinson. Yeah. I see. Okay. But now I want to go see that cover. All of us yeah. are now going to look. Everybody that's listening is going to go look for this cover with Smokey yeah, and a horse. And, a horse. <laughs> and I remember that because when I first started working over at Motown, like Suzanne DePass, who ran the company, she loved horses. So that became a fad over there. So a lot of the artists were getting horses like Billy Preston and I'd love to ride. So I'd go out and ride every day. Oh, and, that's uh, awesome. So, so when Quiet Storm came out, Suzanne had the bright idea to go out to Griffith Park and we we're going to do a photo shoot with Smokey out there. <laughs> and, and, and he looked at me and he said, Greg, I hate horses. Oh. <laughs> Who hates horses? <laughs> He was scared to death. He did not want Rico Sword. Okay. That's so funny. And meanwhile, you were like, you came along with your boots oh, yeah. and your stirrup. And everything. Let's go. That's right. Just call me Tonto. <laughs> that is hilarious. I didn't know that about you. You love horses. I love, I love horses. So, and you uh, ride. In fact, yeah. And, and I just recently got back, back into it. I hadn't been on a horse Ooh. in 25 years. Wow. And we went out uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was like riding a bicycle. I loved it. Wow. Wow. I'm out there galloping and going all over the place. I had a great horse. It was wonderful. We yeah. got to do that. Where'd you go okay. riding? Sunland. Sunland. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. There's a lot of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to make a date to go horseback riding. Well, Kevin, wow. I think you need oh, to take Gio a on a date. We've gone. We've gone. There's one that's in Hollywood. Yes, please. One. You can ride down to this restaurant. Oh, Sunset. Snaps. I want somebody to take me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, I love it. I love horseback riding. Yeah, I love let's horses. Let's do that. I would love yeah. to do that. Oh, I love. See, that's why I love these podcasts. We find out so much information <laughs> that nobody would ever know. Right. Okay. Our last one. Here we go. We're going. We're going pop. Oh. Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta be me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that he knew it right away. <laughs> oh, we gotta That's do awesome. video on these. So great. Oh, that was great. great well, job. and the last thing that we that we like to do before we let our guests go is to ask them to finish this sentence. I am blank. Happy. Oh, I love, love it. it. Love it. Do you have another one? I am curious. I love it. <laughs> curious Greg. <laughs> Way better than Curious George. <laughs> curious <I> Greg. <laughs> oh, that's what keeps you young. Yeah. 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 And I will I will add one more. I am blessed. Yes. I love it. And yes. we are blessed to have you. So, so Absolutely. blessed. Oh my goodness. And I am blessed to have you as well. Oh my yes. goodness. So Thank fun. you. Thank you so much for just sharing your afternoon with us and sitting down and letting us poke your brain a little. Mm-hmm. We, really <laughs> we learned a lot. Yes. yes. Yeah. And we like and to turn yeah. it around. So, Kevin, you want to start? Oh, you put the pressure on. <laughs> I always go last. <laughs> Uh, man, there's so many things. Uh, you you are you are an inspiration. That's it. Well, we talked you, about Alfred. being inspiration, and you inspired change in me. You know, I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much that I could say, well, but I don't want to start crying on this microphone <laughs> right now. I have one. I have one. You are Kevin's hero. <laughs> well, you know, he's really into it. He really got into it. Uh, you know, when you started up lessons again uh, last year, I you 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 made a real turning point 
in terms of your understanding it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I just get on your case, you know, practice more the physical side of it. But on the intellectual and an emotional side, man, you you get it. I can't wait till we can just jam. Oh, I can't wait. And I've been practicing. Giovanna will tell you, sometimes I'm just laying on the ground in the dark. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I didn't get a chance to practice. I'm going to practice before I go to bed. Yeah, he loves it. He really, really loves I do. it. Yeah, I do. so you really are inspiring. Oh, um, it's wonderful. Well, Kevin, he, it's fun to teach him. I, I mean, really, it's fun. Really? I listened to some, I recorded some of our old uh, lessons and it's, I'm glad where I am now, but I don't know how you had the patience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you are patient. Oh, yes. You are kind. A lot of that just comes from, look, I remember when my kids were practicing and Justin was learning how to play. I still have the stool that was his first drum. <laughs> yeah, it's in my kitchen. Cute. And boy. Yeah, I had to listen to that every day. So, yeah, you learn patience. (laughs) That's got to come out on a show. You guys got to get on stage together. and You guys are going to be, I have something special to bring out and just bring out the stool. (laughs) Play a little something Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you again. And he would. I'm sure he would. That's the thing about percussion. It's just as long as I can find something to hit, they're good to go. <laughs> they're good yeah. to go. You're right. And then yeah. the, the final piece, which we've we've taken from you, the end of the show, we want to ride out with a piece of music that you've written or a piece of music that's near and dear to you. Is there anything that we can play for you? What do you have? Well, uh, you know that that you know that thing I did with Giovanna. I, it's a beautiful thing. I don't know if you want to go yeah. out on on a, such a melancholic note, but I no, love it that you have that. It's a beautiful. We can piece. do two. We don't have to limit it to just yeah, one. We can do Giovanna, that. And there's awesome. a is there another piece that you that's near and dear to you? Whether you wrote it or something that inspires you. I mean, you just talked about how much the recording of Genesee I love and the recording of Media Noche I love. That was what I was really enamored with the tango, the form that form of music. Yes, and I did. Those two recordings and I, I it was a lot of fun. Okay. Nick Ariando played the accordion on it and uh, I was combining tango with jazz. Mm. I love nice. it. Well, let's put it out there. there this we is, go. This will be original music of yours, right? Well, it's all original music, yeah. Where can people find your music if people want to reach out to you and get, get your music? Well, you know, the so my son is developing a website where people can go get the music. So I'm in the process of doing that now. And uh, yeah, I'd like to talk to you about some of the technical side of it to get it out there. Yep. Because uh, the internet and I do not get along. But no, I really want to get my music out there. It's been really well over 10 years since I've released anything new. Wow. But I've written, a, I've been writing all along. So I have a ton of music, but getting it out there, I'm challenged in that regard. Well, we will We're definitely update the happen. show notes when that yeah. is ready to go so yeah. we can share it with people. But and you do have a website, right? Because I, I believe that I was on it, kind of getting yeah, some I, research. Yeah, Greg, gregpore.com. So if people want to yeah. get your music or at least reach out to you, they can probably send an email through there. Yeah, exactly. But there was there is an up and coming website mm-hmm. to be released soon. Well, we'll make sure to share that. It'll, like I said, it'll be in the show notes so people can find it and find you. All right, great. Cool. Thanks Thanks so thank you much. so much. We you, love you. you. We're thank so you. happy to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for listening to our series, I Am The Band with Greg Poré. We're going to leave you with two of Greg's songs, A Media Noche and La Danza, featuring our very own Giovanna Moraga Clayton. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. Interested in starting your own podcast? Visit us at IamMusicGroup.com.